When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome to yet another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. And, and we are recording from two separate rooms in the same house. Yes. For a reason. Yeah, for a reason. I don't know reason. if we should get... I think let's wait for the reason. I want to tell the story before the reason. Well, the story will give people the reason. Let me start with... I know. I want to tell the story and then tell them the reason. Okay. But let me start by saying before you even hear the story, know that... <laughs> You are listening to two people who have just stumbled out of the end, the the ass end of an absolute hell week, nonstop (laughs) hell week at our house, in our careers, in our worlds. It's been insane. Uh, It is a Saturday that we're recording this. All the madness started on Monday, and we're about to take you through it. Uh, Five-point harness, click it in. Here we go. I wake up in the morning. I look. <laughs> no, I'm telling no. the story, baby. Oh. I wake up Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. I see my daughter in a bathrobe. Yes. And she says, I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you can stay home from school today. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Let's get a COVID test. Let's do this. And then she's in bed. She doesn't feel well. Mm-hmm. And then I'm checking on her. And she says she has a sore, you know, fever, all right, this stuff. Right. I take her temperature. That night, I'm like, oh, I'm going to put a cold washcloth on her head and give her a kiss mm-hmm. goodnight and think, you know, I was a good mom. I took care of her. Sure. And I, I was like, eh, let me just take your temperature real quick. And it was 104.2. Yes. Oh, my holy madness. Now, you jumped over something. There's a prelude to this story in that, yes, oh, in the morning, it. you woke up and Alice did not feel well. And she decided to stay home from school. I was woken up at 2 a.m. that morning. By oh, Alice nudging right. me, saying, Daddy. Oh, this is why she did. She this goes, is Daddy, how she knows just, she didn't feel well. Daddy, I just threw up. And I'm like, oh, no. And then she goes, she was kind of, there was a little bit of pride in her voice, too, because she said, I made it I to made- the toilet. Because in the past, <laughs> she has never made it to the toilet. And usually, well, because she, in, uh, in her past throw-ups have, in, have, have involved her being a baby or toddler. And there have been a lot of throwing up in beds and that kind of thing. This was, I got up, I threw up, but I'm coming to let you know. And I said, well, sweetie, <laughs> let's get you back in bed. Wait, let me, just, let, let me just pause it for a second. She used to have bunk beds. Oh, that's and right. She was sick once. Ooh. And she threw up. And, like, you know, she's like, oh, shit. And she has to climb down that little little ladder mm-hmm. and get and she couldn't get there in time so no. that's why we got rid of the bunk beds oh yes immediately <laughs> for any for yeah. any future episodes like that anyway she threw up five times in the middle of the night yes. and we rushed her to urgent care well then and she throws up in the middle of the night 
goes up, uh, wakes up the next morning, stays home all day. You take her temperature thinking, oh, let's see how she's doing. Oh, my God. So I rush her to urgent care. Off I go to urgent care with her. Off you go. Yeah. Then Alice has to stay home. She's sick. Yeah. Then we're, I'm taking care of her. I'm taking care of her. Everything's fine. Patton goes off. Everything's fine. Patton goes off to work. He's filming a show. Mm-hmm. And he's done with work. He had a great day. He's just going to come home and chill. And what happened? Okay. I go to work. Sitcom, super easy. I'm done shooting. I've wrapped. I'm walking out to my car. I am going down this little ramp that they have, like, in the parking area. And I slip on something on the ramp, and my foot lands wrong. And because I'm 53 years old and not 27, uh, when I land it, uh, I I fracture my ankle and break my foot. Uh, f- basically, from just falling, I, I basically... Hurt myself walking. I was walking. Meanwhile, what uh, my side of this is, I'm upstairs, and all of a sudden, you I can hear the garage. You come home, and then you go, Meredith? <laughs> and I'm upstairs. I'm like, yeah, Meredith? I'm like, what? You're like, could you come down here? And I was like, okay. Uh, and then you're like, just come down here. And then you go, as I'm walking downstairs, you go, I would like you to get me a glass of water and two Tylenol, please. <laughs> and... And I was like, and then you like took a step forward and I was like, holy shit, what happened? And oh my God. Anyway, that was terrifying. So then he's like, he comes, he sits down and I was like, I think we should take you to urgent care right away. And he's like, let me meditate for a little while. Let me see how it feels. I'm like, it's clearly broken. Yeah. Like he didn't know. He's like, yeah, maybe it's sprained. <clears throat> I'm like, it's clearly broken. Well, there, we're by going the way, to urgent my, care. My hesitation was a version of prayer on my part, thinking if I don't treat this like a big deal, it won't be a big deal. I will. Right. I will literally change reality if I just deny reality. And so right <laughs> now, I'd like to say I apologize. Donald Trump, I understand the power of denying reality. I, I It didn't work for you. It didn't work for me. But I know where it comes from now. Well, so <laughs> I said, no, you're not taking a rest and meditating. You're right. getting in the car and we're going to urgent care because who knows how long we're going to have to be there. Exactly. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. He broke it in three places. Yes. And, he, and so... He's hobbling around. I'm doing, you know, everything. <laughs> you are you are literally doing everything because nobody Wait, can but, do anything. But I was complaining to my friend. I was like, ugh, I have to take care of him. I go after her health and him now. Yeah. And then she's and she's she has two kids and she's like, tell me about it. Right. So it's like hashtag every mom. But now on top of this. We were having some work done in the house, and this was long planned. This wasn't a surprise. We knew this was coming, and it couldn't be avoided. But all day Friday, this is the day after I have broken my ankle and our daughter is still sick, the power has to be out in our house from about 8 a.m. until 3 or 4 p.m. Oh, yeah, we had no power. From, and we it was like know, 8 to 6. We know this is coming. And so we're trying to, <laughs> to charge up these little power packs and send out every email and text that we can. I've got to text my people because I was supposed to fly to Austin on Friday, which I couldn't now do. And it was, it was all, I have, we have to get all this stuff done in this tiny space of still having an internet signal and power in the house. (laughs) We Uh, had like one hour to charge all of it because we knew the entire next day, uh, your devices are going to die and we have no power. And, yeah, and and everybody was home. So it so. was a week of 
Uh, daughter, wait, and, and also it was a week of... Oh, wait, it's not over. Oh, it's still not over. Go ahead. You, so you come home and they gave you like this cast thingy, just like a temporary cast before we get to your surgeon. It's called a surgeon. sugar, it, what is it called? Sugar, tongue? sugar foot, sugar tongue. Something. Sugar anyway. tongue. Sugar, yeah. whatever it's called. Anyway, it's like a little tiny baby, sweet little <laughs> kind of cast, but it's not really a cast. Right. Anyway, it's little. But it's fine. We're not going to the surgeon guy till Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but Patton has a show at Largo on Sunday. Oh, that's which right. Which will have just happened because tomorrow, he has a show tomorrow. Yeah. And um, we realize he can't put his pants on because his cast is too big oh, that's to get right. into his pants. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, he's just going to stay home for the next three weeks. And I forgot you actually have some gigs. And I'm like, you need pants. How are you going to wear pants? So you know those... A friend of mine was like, get those basketball baller, Nike, whatever they are, Adidas, rip off. You know, the Lakers wear them. They yes. rip them off. Right. They're called Str- tearaway pants. They're stripper pants, basically. <laughs> They're stripper, They're stripper pants, pants for, for basketball For basketball players, yeah. So I was like, I have to go. So I had to run out of the house and go. And I looked everywhere. And they don't really, there's, they don't really make those anymore. Yeah. I mean, unless I guess you're on a sports team. Now, a couple of little uh, addendums, funny I mean, addendums maybe to this. They do. One... Uh, while Meredith is out, I get a text from her uh, because all Meredith does is watch these goddamn Dateline <laughs> and crime shows. And she said, "It is." She, I think you sent, like, here's the time now. I'm going to the mall. People usually get attacked or abducted in parking garages at Wait. malls. So if I go missing, I it wanna, will have no, happened. No, this is at, what I wrote. And you really mapped I, out, like, here's exactly what is. <laughs> no, I wrote. I'm at the ri- <laughs> I left Pat and I'm like, okay, I'm going to the mall. I wrote, right. I texted, I am at the Riverside Mall trying to find a pair of pants that snap out the side. I haven't been to the mall in three years. If I'm not home by six o'clock, I've watched enough Dateline to know most murders happen <laughs> in the mall parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's because where it's going to happen. Show, but every single show, it's there's always someone parked in a parking lot. Like we know you're gonna get killed but in a mall. Parking a, lot. Would they do it at a busy mall? Isn't that isn't that Listen, mall busy? It can. Oh, what about the episode? It happened in broad daylight. Oh, for, okay. <laughs> of course so, they can do it in the day. So that happened, and then by the way, what we forgot to say was um, when I snapped my ankle and and broke my foot and foot metatarsal in two places. To, yeah, managed to somehow still drive home, totally in denial. Drove <laughs> yeah, home from the how studio. Do that? Um, because all this work's being done in our house, uh, we can't use the garage. So I park on the street. Oh my I am God, crossing, I forgot you had to walk so far. I am crossing the street. Well, it's not even that far. I'm just across the street from the house. But I'm walking across the street and I am limping badly. Oh, we have a long driveway. Badly. I'm limping really badly. And this car pulls up next to me. There's these two young women in it and they have their windows down and they said, are you okay in it? And I said, oh, I, I think I just hurt my foot. I'm fine. I'm, I'm going home right now. And then one of them said, okay, don't give up. As if I'm going, like, was there, was there, and now I'm thinking, was I giving off the energy, like, I'm about to just lie down in the road and die? <laughs> like, what was, like, what is happening here? Why did she just tell me not to give up? Don't give up. And then I and went then inside, in. and, and then, and, yep, and you looked like one of, you looked like that monster in Men in Black, like the guy at the end, you were like, you looked like a zombie, the yes. way your leg was, you were walking leg like a zombie. really and fucked up. It was really and bad. And I was also and very like, pale. Uh, I mean, you broke your foot and and vomited when it happened. I went down <laughs> and 
I got really nauseous, so I almost vomited. But I, I, I know what that comes from is that you're in so much pain your body. It's like, well, let's just – in other words, it's a panic response. Let's get your stomach empty in case we have to deal with something here. Let's just vomit. I suppose, but you – yeah, I, I got helped. He, I was at Seth's house. My friend Seth Green, I broke my foot at his house. We had a big party at Seth's house. And as we were leaving, everybody was leaving, but I I was like hanging out at the end with them for a while. Yep. And as I was leaving, it was like, good night, love ya, that was so fun. And crack, I broke my foot. And the, the, it's and, not, oh and, my and, and then did someone go, now the party started. Did they do <laughs> so that or no? They took, so Seth and Claire took me to urgent care and they were so sweet and they stayed with me and took care of me. But like you, I couldn't have walked to my car, I couldn't have. How did you? Right. Uh, anyway, you're a superhero. It was sheer. Because- it was will, and it was also like I got everything done I needed to get done this week. I'm about to go <laughs> to Austin do so two gonna- shows. I'm so excited, and it's like just before I'm about to leave, the fickle finger of fate just comes down and it's like broken bone. Nope, too bad. Oh, honey, it was very, very. I'm ups- sorry. It was very annoying. And now we're now I'm stuck in the house. And as uh, Meredith just pointed out to me before we started, and she was very smart too. She was like, look. You can't work out at all these next three weeks, so don't try to to stick to carrot sticks and celery and maybe a little bit of hummus because you are immediately leaning on snack foods and, you know, comfort (laughs) stuff, and that's going to go really badly. Yeah. I I, Well, I walked in the house, and I threw something in the trash, and I saw some wrappers of crackers and a cookie thing, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, he went right right into depression eating. And then Phil had delivered us those delicious biscuits oh, um, no. from that amazing restaurant. And I saw half of a biscuit got yep. eaten. Yep. That was me. So I'm like, so I'm like, damn, you broke your foot. You better not. Yeah. You better. You're don't be fill around. that. Don't, don't mask the pain with biscuits and cookies. Don't mask your pain yeah. with biscuits and cookies. But so far, I mean, this is the day after I did it. And um, hopefully... We will keep you updated. But how about, before we do that, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, we're back. Okay, so my first full day completely immobilized. Of course, uh, I I went for uh, comfort uh, cookies and crackers and half a biscuit and I rewatched John Ford's The Searchers. Uh, The Searchers is a classic. He just showed it to me. She Meredith had never seen The Searchers, so I call. I said, "Meredith, come watch this opening scene. The opening scene, which is you know, opens up on a Monument Valley, which was very much like where we spent uh, Christmas, Amengiri. So it's this gorgeous landscape, and and Meredith was immediately into the movie. Not only because the opening shot was gorgeous, but then John fucking Wayne comes riding up. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, John Wayne. But um, it was really fascinating to watch uh, The Searchers with Meredith and have her experience the problematic hotness of John Wayne. Because God. the dude – go ahead. Describe your feeling. What was, did I say? She what, was very what vocal was the whole time. What was I saying during the movie? You tell me. You were just like, I, A, I would completely fuck him. He is this perfect <laughs> combination of big, rugged um, – uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson and Ray Winstone, that kind of uh, tan. Like a but, rugged, hot. Yeah. Version. Sweaty. Oh, my God. He was cute. He Anyway, I guess the <laughs> whole movie, I'm like, God, he's handsome. Yeah. And, and charismatic. And I, I, anyway, he's hot. I can see it. Yeah. And but by the, the way. Later, but, 
But then, you know, when I think of John Wayne, I think of the later John Wayne, where he's doing John Wayne. Yeah. Oh, no, young John Wayne is pretty astounding. Yeah. Now, now, I, now oh. I have to show... I have to show Meredith uh, Stagecoach from 1939 because that will melt her brain. No, I was going to say, you're the opposite of the person who's like, you haven't seen it. Right. You're like, you haven't seen it? it oh, my God, let yes. me show it to you. Yes, exactly. So Yours. I was very excited to get her. And also, again, she was she was very annoyed by the woman that played um, uh, his uh, – John Wayne's sister-in-law. Brother's wife. Yeah, being like way over the top and, as you said, way too shiny. Uh <laughs> Also, she thought Ward Bond was kind of cute. He was shocked that uh, Ward Bond, the, the marshal in the top hat, you're like, he's kind of cute too. Yeah. Everybody yeah. had such cool, interesting faces. Yes. Back then, they, especially uh, John Ford I was just all love about, a character actor. Yeah. I just love someone who looks like their own self. Yeah. Now, however. You know what I mean? Yeah. However, John Wayne, and I've had this problem too, uh, was a massive right-wing conservative pro-Vietnam um, said some pretty harsh stuff about uh, um, the civil rights movement in a in a Playboy interview very famously um, said I believe in white supremacy until um, uh, African Americans can show responsibility and leadership or something <gasps> it was just like oh my uh, god yeah and hey look that is going to happen there are going to be certain people that you think are so frigging hot and then they show you a part of them. And by the way, even in the movie The Searchers, there's moments where characters say things where it's like, well, hang on, that hot girl is just a complete racist. Why is she? And he's going to go marry her? What is happening? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, you, because when he met, when that guy met that girl, yep. he was like all into her. He's one eighth Cherokee, but everyone in the movie, they all just go, hey, half breed. They're all racist. They're, all the characters are racist. But also, I'm by the way, I'm not putting the movie The Searchers down. The Searchers is brilliant because it shows you this is, for better or worse, exactly how things were then. They were pretty harsh. There was very casual racism. And one of the lead actresses, one of the main who's supposed to be sympathetic, remember she tells the guy, Jeffrey Hunter, who plays the guy, the the half, the quote unquote half breed Martin, she's like, you can't go rescue her. She's not even. You can't go. What do you? What are you going to bring it? She calls Natalie Wood it because remember she was. She said it. Yeah, she call, said it. Oh my god. Yeah, that is so like, horrible. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So I mean. Oh my god. However, it, it is a fascinating like, movie to watch, especially if you watch The Searchers, and then you watch Taxi Driver right after because they it's literally the exact same plot, almost beat for beat. Um, Paul Schrader just said, I'm going to rewrite The Searchers, but through the prism of a crazed mass murderer, which is kind of what John Wayne is in the movie. Um, he's and a, didn't you also say say that um, Star Wars... There's scenes in Star Wars that, that they basically took unchanged from The Searchers, especially, especially the scene where Luke finds his aunt and uncle massacred when he comes over the sand yes. dune and sees their yes. house. It's the exact same shot from The Searchers. Same shot. Um, wow. And then the same... It's an, uh, do you think it is an ode to that film? Oh, absolutely. All of the 70s movie brats were obsessed with The Searchers, and they remade their versions of it or put elements of it. The last mm -hmm. shot of Close Encounters, when Richard Dreyfuss is walking away from Earth onto the spaceship to go, that's the same final shot as The Searchers. When John Wayne wow. walks away through the... Like, I don't belong in this world anymore. I don't have no connection anymore. What can I do here? So there's all these. But again, on top of all this, watching Meredith just go, 
God damn, John Wayne. Oh my God. Yeah, he was cute. And and I just texted you a picture of John Wayne in his first lead role from 1930. Oh my God, you did it. Did you see that oh, picture I sent put, you? I did. He, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, he is like, I did. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The big he's trail. He's really, really cute. I mean, my God in heaven. He's really young in this picture. Mm hmm. Oh my God, he's such a babe. <laughs> Seriously, he kind of looks a little bit like. Um, a little bit like Clint Eastwood's son, a little bit in this picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Looks there's good. Some, also has kind I've of never a, seen him. Has kind of a Chris Pratt feel. Has kind of a, I mean. Wow. That just doesn't seem like John Wayne. No. I want to show you Stagecoach only because that's John Wayne. Ridiculously hot. It also has Ever's grandfathers in it. Oh, yeah. John Carradine. He's in everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, watching, but again, problematic crushes. When you have a crush on someone, like, you have to acknowledge, yes, that is oh, some insane hotness, it, even though they have views or something that might, to me, wait, I don't agree with. This. Speaking of those kinds of crushes, mm -hmm. what are you calling them? Problematic crushes. Have you seen Boba Fett? Um, the actor who plays him? The no. Sh the show. The movie. The show. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert if I say a character that just came on. Oh, people have—they've all caught up. If you listen to this, they're caught oh. up. Anyway, I just as background for our listener people, I um, did the Clone Wars with Dave Filoni, yeah. and I—I I love the Clone Wars. I mean, I watched—I I was obsessed with it. Just not just because, of course, I got to be in it, but like it was just so good. Mm -hmm. And there was a character in the Clone Wars named Cad Bane. Yeah, and he's like this. Evil blue kind of cowboy. He's like a sexy blue cowboy, but he's like an alien face. Or a high plains he is. bounty he's, hunter, basically. Yeah. But when I tell you, <laughs> I don't know that I like, I don't know, maybe it was because I was playing a character in Star Wars, mm -hmm. but I was like, damn, he's, I, he's the kind, I like bad boys. Wait he's a second. Kind of, and I kind of had a little bit of a crush on the, Animated Cad Bane, and now he's—they just put him in Boba live Fett, action, and, and I'm losing my marbles. Wait a second, I understand liking bad boys, but this guy, blue skinned, no nose, Honey, mouthful of fangs. Like if you watch the Clone Wars, mm -hmm. you will see more swagger in Cad Bane than anyone. He's such a babe. So John I mean, Wayne, I realize and he's a blue. John Wayne creature, and Cad Bane are your problematic crushes. John Wayne and Cad Bane. John Wayne and Cad Bane. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, that's happened before with me where you just have to go. Wait uh, a minute. In real life, all of my things have been problematic. Well, yeah, that is true. All yeah. the boys I dated before <laughs> you were problematic. Like, <laughs> problematic crushes. Yes, exactly. Well, Our no, that's not a problematic crush. That was a problematic requited love. <laughs> that was that was totally returned to you. Yes, I'm, and now you look yes, back I'm going, um, well, yeah, I, you know, I, it's the bad boys, babe. Yeah. Then yeah. you get a good one. I had a, yeah, you get a good one, but, um, a good bad one. But one of my, one of my, uh, the, one of the, that was a compliment. Thank you. You didn't even catch that. Every, uh, all the girls just went damn. And you didn't even catch that because you're not paying attention to me. I'll take it. Hey guys, we'll be right back. Hey everybody. We are back. Thanks for staying with us at Did You Get My Text? It's a real pleasure to have you here, ladies and gentlemen, and people all over the world. 
How are you feeling? You, I'm sorry. Are you announcing uh, train departures at? Uh... Yes, I've I've changed my entire. Now I'm going to talk like damn, this. damn! Listen to her voice. Well, if you think about it, you know when other people do podcasts, they're like looking at the thing. They're by themselves. They're very serious. They have very, you know, big words of wisdom to tell people. And our podcast is so silly. Yeah. And. I mean, that's not true. Sometimes I get in like, you know, passionate. Sometimes you get in a mood. Do you see how high my voice gets when I get passionate? Exactly. I'm trying to be sexy. Mm. But like, I've had many people in my life be like, Meredith, lower the volume, lower the tone of your voice. Like from like, oh my God, to hello, everybody. This is Meredith. So um, there was a thing that I sent you. This is actually a few weeks ago. I texted you something. I sent Meredith a video. From uh, Turner Classic Movies' YouTube channel. It is a brief interview, seven minutes long, with dialect coach Eric Singer. And it discusses the art of perfecting accents in film. Now, uh, doing accents, falling into accents, is something that Meredith uh, does sometimes against her will. Uh, we've been watching something, and she will just start going into whatever accent is uh, on the screen. If I'm listening to the BBC or Al Jazeera or any show, any anything with someone who has an accent, I will just start. They'll be like, today in Algeria. Yes. But not just international <laughs> accents. Right. She'll go into American just, Southern accents. She'll go into Brooklyn accents. She'll go into... Any, basically, any accent I hear, I'll just... It'll just um, enter my body and I'll start speaking like that for the next... Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. She will go into the accent, and then there's a half-life where she can't just go, and now I'm going to debate with the accent. We we have to, it's almost like when you watch those lay preachers when they're done preaching in the tent, and they go outside, and they let the spirit come off of them, and they just kind of walk around. They, they're still kind of talking to themselves because they're going to let that energy come down. She has to let the accent peel. It's like the accent decides when to leave her. She doesn't get to decide it. And uh, one of the things in the interview was about how when Lady Gaga did House of Gucci recently, she apparently got so deep into the accent that she trained for in this movie that it took her three months to shake it um, so that she could still sing without an accent. But when she would speak with people and she would apologize and say, I'm sorry, I'm st- I can't lose this accent. I can't get rid of it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I can't um, get rid of it. So have you ever had, because you did a lot of accents on. I did a movie in Australia for three months in the Outback ages ago. I was 17 and I could not stop doing the Australian accent when I came home. I was obsessed with it. I practiced it. I did it all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, shockingly enough, the voice I use, well, Barris Offie in Star Wars is English. Yes. But I also played a few other characters. Some had Australian accents. And then, shockingly enough, I did the commercial or advertisement or whatever for the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. No kidding. Like I was the voiceover person for their campaign. Yes, and you'd think like an Australian ac- actress would have gotten yeah. that, but I got it. Isn't that crazy? Wait a minute. Did you do it in an Australian accent? Yes. Do it like a line from it. It was, no, it was just like. Say the name of the company like you would do in your accent for the voiceover. I, I can't do it right this second. I have to like get a moment to put it in my head. <laughs> you know how to say the word no perfectly in, in an Australian no, accent. I don't. Yeah, that, yeah, there you go. So that it takes me a bit to get there, you know, but mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, they picked me as the uh, the voice of the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. And now that is is that cultural appropriation? Did you cost uh, a hardworking Australian a voiceover job? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> speak to Kate. Speak to Kate Blanchett about taking all the American parts. All, all hey, places with that's that. right. Every American superhero is being played by Brits. Every yeah, single one. one. It's ridiculous. Superman, Batman, Spider Man, not cool. Yeah, 
So we get a, a few American actresses to get down to Sydney and start taking all their parts since they're taking all of us, right? No. So has, was there a time, though, because you were doing – you did Barris Offie for many years on Clone Wars and Rebels, was it? Rebels, I think. Was it Hart? No, Barris wasn't in Rebels. Rebels was – I was doing a thing with um, – the character that Freddie Pinch Jr. was playing, I can't remember. It was like a night sister. I played a night sister on that. But when you would do the Barris accent, because that is a high British accent. Oh, she's, that it's not yeah. Are you like class. Te- Are you like making me do my accents for everyone right now? No, no. I'm just wondering. I, I don't after feel like a, doing after, a talent show. I'm not asking you to do that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying after you would do a session, when you would walk away, did it take you time to like rub the accent off of yourself and like get rid of it? Barris? Yeah. Or could you snap no, out of that one? English, I can snap in and out. I mean, I it, it take no. Everything takes me a long time to get out of the accent. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. once I'm in it for real, then it's like. Mm. But no, then you stop. But it's a weird feeling when you stop. It's sort of like, oh yeah, gonna gonna go down to the beach. Oh, hi, Patton. Like it's a really weird. <laughs> it's so it's so it it's really like two different mindsets almost. It's not just yeah. when you're doing the accent, you sort of feel like you're part of that place. And so your, uh-huh. your, your personality kind of changes a bit. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you get into that rhythm. So you get into that rhythm and then to all of a sudden stop and be like, hi, oh, Alice, your dinner's ready. Like, it feels so weird. <laughs> That's just a very strange transition. So, yeah, yeah I guess it does. Yeah, I've always wondered about that. I don't know. It's because when you put on an accent, you, it does kind of shift your character a bit, doesn't it? It, 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 it shifts your inflection. It almost shifts the way you shape your mouth when you form certain words, which is really strange. When you notice yourself doing well, that. Well, you have like, a different posture not... even with a different voice. Yes. Well, what it yeah, is that... is it's you're that person, right? So you're taking on that character and you're feeling it like for real. So it's almost yeah. like having dissociative identity disorder, really, because you you yeah. you have to get rid of one to get back to the other. Like something has to happen to get back to the other one. Anyway. There's an amazing wow. documentary, I think it's on Netflix, about the, I don't remember his name, but he had committed murder and his um, thing was he had multiple personality dis- disorder, which is what they called it back then, yeah. in the 70s. And, he, and honestly, that was my, that was, I wrote my thesis on that, mm-hmm. um, on multiple personality disorder. And he 100% had it. Like they were, everyone's like, oh, he's making it up, making it up. It was so apparent to me that it was real, that he did. Anyway, he did. Wow. He 100% did. And I understand why. And, you know, it comes from trauma. And anyway, it's a whole thing, but it's a great yeah. thing to watch on Netflix. Um, gosh, if I could only tell you guys the name. Sorry. <laughs> hey, it's like when a friend's like, you know that lady? We're supposed to tell yeah. you, right? Well, figure it out yourself because exactly. I have no idea. I'll put it on the Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a defense mechanism. If you read that book, When Rabbit Howls, it's basically yes, I, love- I have my troops with me. Yes, of she course. calls them her troops, and it's how they protect her from yeah the memory. Memories are really really scary things. That's the whole. There's that great monologue in Alan Moore's The Killing Joke, where um, it's it's a dialogue between Batman and Joker, and Batman is like you're you're insane. Like you realize you're insane, and then Joker comes back with. No, I just decided – I'm not going to do the whole thing, but he says memories can cause a lot of trauma. And when it when you're about to go to a place that you can't stand the screaming anymore, there's always madness. Madness lets you step off the ride and be safe. It's the emergency exit. Wow. And it was just the That's way that incredible. he put it was really wow, – Wow, yeah. interesting. And then he, 
That's incredible. Yeah, and he also, yeah, and also in the same dialogue, he says to he's like, "I'm crazy. You dress like a flying rat and beat people up. You had the same bad day that I did. We just went different ways with it." Yeah. It was just like, really, like, oh, okay, wow. Well, we all do that all the time anyway. Like, you're with your friends, you're laughing, you're laughing, you're, and you're meeting your mom at, like, a fancy restaurant, and you go, oh, okay, now listen. <laughs> like, you go from one kind of energy. <laughs> when you're with different people, you sort of plop into a different role with that person. So yeah. the way I well, am with you is absolutely not the way I am with, right. actually, with my best friends it is, of course. But, like, that's actually not true. I pretty much am this all the time. <laughs> I don't really ever I don't really know, change. Because you, you had a reunion with your college class, and I remember I went to my thirtieth high school reunion a few years ago. And for at least initially, when you see everyone, you will kind of fall back into your roles and rhythms until you then catch up with present and go, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, We're, a little bit, I'm a yeah." Fifty-one-year-old man, it's not the same thing. But for a while, you will fall back into those same, you know, statuses. It was really weird when I well, when I went back. I, I was, but my I talk to my college roommates all the time, like. So there's no falling back into anything. It's just evolved into what it is. Oh, you so you are you guys. Yeah, for me it was it was. Uh, I mean, I keep up with two people from my high school. So when I went back and saw the mass of people, all these people that I you know knew and that really very much formed my world and, and who I was, there was a falling back into the old personality, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah, and yeah, and if you haven't seen people for a long time, things are weird. Yeah, yeah, sometimes exactly. or they're great. It depends. Life is weird, folks. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? We tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Yeah, tell me what you like, what you really, really like. <laughs> Let's do some quick picks and let you guys go. Um, first pick, movies. Well, we talked about it earlier, but there is nothing cooler than watching back-to-back The Searchers and Taxi Driver. If you ever have a chance to do that, do it. Um, it's pretty amazing to watch that kind of influence Um on somebody, it, it's a it's an amazing, you know, uh, kind of art stretching across generations. And uh, Meredith will tell you, John Wayne, very fuckable. So, uh, <laughs> oh, baby, don't and say young, that. And young, a young De Niro, so, very fuckable. No, don't say those words. Very, very handsome. You don't have to say that. <laughs> say that word. Well, mm, Okay, sorry. They're very good looking. Um, okay, <laughs> do, do you want do you want listeners or not? Come I, on, no, we, we gotta, can keep we it all in. I'm around. just saying that's not a word I would choose. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, I said gorgeous and handsome. I didn't say the other one. Um, okay, uh, books. I just started reading John Brian Garfield's Hopscotch. Hopscotch is one of my favorite Walter Matthau films, uh, which was a a very fun light comedy, uh, and and much like the movie Fletch. Hopscotch is a much darker but still funny novel about a spy who decides to retire and then expose everything about the CIA while the CIA tries to capture him, uh, written by the same guy that wrote the novel Death Wish. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, I've, I've read five chapters, and it's fantastic. I love Walter Matthau. Yeah, me too. He's great. I love him. Um, comics, a brand-new comic uh, published by Behemoth Comics, uh, Victor Santos. Until My Knuckles Bleed. This is a post-90s extreme superhero who now works as a bouncer at a strip club uh, and his, but can't quite leave his past behind. I am such a sucker for this kind of stuff. Beautiful artwork. Uh, great storytelling. 
I absolutely love it. Highly recommend it. Um, I don't have a music pick this week because I, I don't want to repeat the ones I've been repeating the same three weeks. But um, Hey, try Jerry still, Rafferty right down the line. That's our song. Well, that's our song. I, I'm not trying to like a, the, the, a whole new band stuff. But I'm yeah. just saying revisit um, it, people. It's a nice thing. Revisit Jerry Rafferty. I he mean, was, you know, not was, everything needs to be new. You're talking about old movies. I'm saying revisit. Have a little revisit okay. with Jerry Rafferty. Right down the line. And if you right want and line, if you have folks. a minute after that, try Baker Street. <laughs> okay. Why not? Uh, and by the way, Baker Street was in, uh, responsible for an actual phenomenon in the 80s called the Baker Street effect. What's that? Which was a spike in saxophone sales. Really? Because of the it, it was in a real thing. People started buying saxophones because of that sax so they oh, I want to be a sax player. So there's a the Baker oh, Street well, effect. You know, it's this, a real thing you can look it up. The same thing happened after the Queen's Gambit. Everybody started buying chessboards. There were all really? Oh yeah, there was news about it. Like chessboard oh, sales. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Well, now that can lead to bad things too. After all the Harry Potter films, people started buying owls and then had to oh, return them because well, they because not... you can't. They're very and also same with when the live action 101 Dalmatians came out. Everyone had bought or adopted Dalmatians. Dalmatians are very difficult dogs to own. They are very very nervous and antsy, and um, a lot of them got returned. So <gasps> be just think twice before you follow a trend. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, guys, fluorescent Man. pants aren't hot anymore. <laughs> A lot of a lot of uh, fluorescent pants were returned and are now in shelters <laughs> needing that need homes to adopt them. Please, um, all right. I and remember, that's called the Rexon effect. I'm kidding. <laughs> I remember in high school, I was away doing. I was doing a movie. I think I was in Canada, and all my friends were back in Los Angeles, like going to party. Now this is the '80s, right? This is like 1984 when neon was a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And Ooh. I remember they all they all went to Contempo Casuals or wherever they went, and they they all got these like. <laughs> cool outfits and i was just saying to my mom i want an orange fluorescent sweater i just want she's she's like it's a trend that you're not gonna and anyway and i was so happy but it was like such a thing i got it and i was just like this is so cool and then it's not anymore but canada's behind the u.s did you start the whole trend up in canada totally everybody who ever did anything cool in canada <laughs> is because i was there and i brought the american the style to you <laughs> All right. Well, I've been Pat Oswald. I've been talking with Canadian trend center, trend trendsetter, and oh Australian God, superstar, and Australia, an Australian vo- uh, accent faker, uh, Meredith Salinger, stealing jobs from hardworking Aussies. Pat Oswald, this was fun. Very nice to talk to you. I hope your little broken foot gets better fast, and I'll take you to the doctor on Tuesday. I hope to see you uh, later on in the week if you somehow make it down to the end of the hall. <laughs> I might come downstairs and visit you. Okay. That'd be Everybody, nice. have okay. a great week. We'll see you. Uh, you'll hear us next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Starbanks Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.